Homestyle Green, episode 96, Back to Earth with Chris Brookman. We're talking cob houses, clay materials, and even phase change materials. And if you don't know what those are, then listen in to this episode of Homestyle Green. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast all about inspiring people to build a better place to live. Whether you're renovating or building new and you want to build a sustainable home for yourself or your family or just make something a bit more healthy for both you and also for the planet, then this is the podcast for you. This week I caught up with Chris Brookman from the southwest of UK and Chris knows a lot about clay. He actually knows a lot about chemistry because he studied chemistry and we, we go into that. Uh, but he now is a product supplier for some very interesting materials and I'll, I'll let Chris explain what those are. They actually involve a little bit of chemistry too. Speaking of materials, we are brought to you by Nudora. Uh, Nudora is a great product and a building system. If you haven't checked it out, then go to nudora.com. That's N-U-D-U-R-A. And Nudora is an ICF, which is insulated concrete form. And it's a very fast way of building. It's very energy efficient uh, resulting, uh, the resulting building. And is also very quiet. And it's quite quick to, to build using ICF. Uh, it's very, very strong and has excellent sound uh, properties as well, good sound insulation. So check them out, uh, nodora.com, or you can go to energyefficientbuilding.co.nz. So let's get stuck into this week's interview with Chris Brookman. I started out by asking Chris why he does what he does. Well, lots of reasons, really personal reasons, and um, uh, it's it's my whole ethos, really. Uh, I started out as a cob builder. Do you know what cob is? So mud or clay? Yeah, that's it. Mud and straw, basically. Yeah, so I started doing that. I left university in 1995, um, and <laughs> literally the day that my graduation ball finished, uh, I left the graduation ball at six, and at about half past seven, I was... Uh, on a cob building site, um, not too far away from, from my university, um, learning how to build cob. And so I went into that with a, uh, worked for a builder for about, uh, I don't know, best part of a year, I guess. But you didn't uh, go to I university. Up... You didn't go to university to learn about cob, did you? No, I learned, I learned about chemistry, <laughs> which is largely unrelated to cob, but there, there's, there's, there's some chemistry there. Like, yeah, there is, there is, there's plenty of chemistry there. And just, just bizarre things like, um, uh, all the ammonia that comes out of cob when you start old cob when you start mixing it with lime is basically because of all the animal dung that was in there and all this kind of nice, stuff. So there was nice. there was a <laughs> there was a small amount of chemistry in there. Um, but no, I, I, I so I moved into cob building and, and that's a very um, you know it's a very eco area. Um, but the one thing I did find as time went on was. Um, a, there's a hell of a lot of misinformation out there. Uh-huh. Loads of people thinking they know what they're talking about and just spouting utter nonsense. Uh, and B, I wanted to move more into the material sales side because it was difficult getting decent materials at a sensible price. 
Um, and so I began to look more at the material sales side, which is obviously what we do now. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, and then really when my second son was born, that was a good sort of prod to get on with it and, and start setting up the business. So we set up the material sales business about eight years ago. Um, and then five years ago, I sold the building business and, yeah, just moved solely into um, into materials. Uh, really because I was, A, I was struggling to run two businesses at once and, B, my my heart sort of lay in, in learning about these materials and, and promoting these materials more than it did in, in building cob buildings anymore. Right. Um, and then also my eldest son is, is disabled, so I couldn't increasingly, I was, I was less able to be out all day, you know, on a building site or whatever. Uh, and so my life had to become a bit more home focused. So I, I work from home now and it gives me the flexibility that I need to, um, uh, to be around when I need to be around for him. Nice, so, nice. Mm. So Going back, good, so good you, you started building at, on site as a as a builder. You, were you doing sort of rammed earth and and different types of just cob? cob. Yeah, just cob. Um, we did. I mean, we did a big mixture of sort of restoration of old buildings nice. and um, a load of new buildings. We built, I suppose, in the. I have 14 years. We did, oh, I don't know, four or five new, completely new buildings, um, houses that was, and then we built a few buildings down at the Eden Project down in Cornwall, and yep. then we did, God knows, hundreds of hundreds of projects, sort of restoring, you know, old cob buildings. So, um, what? Why did you get into that? I mean, it, it's not a natural transition from chemistry. No, it isn't. <laughs> it was because it was the antithesis to what I'd been doing previously. Um, I'd had enough of, of uh, education. I mean, been in it for 16 years or whatever it is by the time you finish university. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to do something completely different. The thought of, you know, just sitting on my posterior for the next however many years was um, was a fairly depressing thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to do something physical and tactile, and 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 I thoroughly enjoyed it for. I thoroughly enjoyed it for probably about the first 10 years. And then the last few years, as I say, because I was running the two businesses together, it became very difficult um, to uh, to really enjoy, you know, running around after a load of people and, and still getting the opportunity to, to actually build with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, on your, on your website, you, you say that you believe buildings should be uh, better, healthier, warmer and more relaxing places to be. Yeah, where does that come from, and your emphasis on the environment and sustainability? Um, the mass, you know, in England, I don't know what percentage it is ninety plus percent of houses are built by big developers, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all about profit and very little about the quality of the building, the the way that people can use it, the health of the occupants when they're in it. There's, mm-hmm. there's very little consideration of that. I mean, obviously, building control has a, you know, gives you the absolute bare minimum. But most buildings, um, well, certainly were, less so, I guess, these days, but certainly were um, built to the absolute minimum standards. And quite often, them yep. they didn't even achieve that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was about that, really. I mean, you know, a lot of people live in... in really bad conditions not really knowing that they're living in bad conditions so yeah um if the sort of materials that we've got are very simple um they give good health they're good from a, an acoustic point of view they're good from a thermal point of view um and and incorporated with good ventilation you can you can create really 
warm, healthy, healthy spaces. So but that you, was... you started out going down this building path. You could have gone down the, the sort of profit um, pathway as well. Where, where yeah. do you think that sort of sustainability and, and concern for people's health, where does that come from? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I guess that's just me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm more motivated by what I enjoy than making money. Uh-huh. Um, even now, I mean, I'd much rather, you know, I enjoy getting involved in projects and the, you know, the way I've structured the company now, we're never going to make a fortune out of it, but it's going to keep me in enjoyable work for yep. you know, however long I decide to do it. Um, and to me, that's more important. So it's, you know, it's really my own motivation to do that. Um, I don't know. I guess I come from a fairly alternative background. My, my parents were, were herbalists or still are actually. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of hippie, <laughs> basically ex 60s right. hippies. Right. Okay. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, I've got that kind of background. Right. Now, you mentioned you're not going to get, you're not going to be uh, um, super wealthy, but you, it looks like it's doing all right. You, you've got a big range of products there. You've got a great presence yeah. online. Yeah. And, and I think if people uh, haven't heard of, of Back to Earth and they're listening now and they're hearing about Cobb, they're probably thinking pretty old. Um, Absolutely, yeah. That's you know, a, sort that's of a... um, very rustic. But, yeah. but that's not what some of your products are, are they? They're, no. They're quite no, that's, modern. That's very true. No, that was, that's, um, that's a good point. That was where another reason for um, – really moving towards these kind of materials was that the materials that I was using at the time were very niche, you know, very, very niche. They were, they were not mainstream at all in any yeah. way. Um, and so we've, we've got materials which can be used and, and we're, you know, actively promoting them to be used in mainstream construction, mainly because they are so simple. It makes it so easy for builders to achieve really high standards. You've got all the, the relevant warranties and everything to go with it. So it's, you know, it's it, they are essentially mainstream products. What's your um, What's your best seller? Uh, all the wood fibre insulation really is the is the biggest one. I mean, we brought over this year. I think we brought over about twenty Arctic loads from Germany, so it's about two a month. So it's, wood it's doing quite well. Fibre insulation. So what What does that look yeah. like for people that haven't seen it? Um, it comes in lots of different forms. So basically, they take wood fiber from the European timber industry, which is all waste. So all the offcuts, the the sort of the sap wood, all the bits that they can't use and form into um, structural timber, um, it's basically ground up into a uh, into a fi- into a sort of fibrous material, boiled, so that you get all the wood sugars out of it, and then they they um, form it into twenty mil. That sounds a bit like chemistry steam. going on there. Yeah, exactly. See, <laughs> <laughs> now the, getting the wood sugars out is, is really important because the if you're putting the wood fiber into a relatively damp situation, which you tend to when you're retrofitting, yeah. uh, you've got to get the wood sugars out so that you don't start growing mold on it. Right. So if you remove that, then there's just cellulose fibers left, which are pretty inert and uninteresting to most things. But basically, it comes in lots of different formats. You've either got sort of solid boards, which look a bit like the pin board that you sometimes see on, uh-huh. you know, where you hang your, your post-it notes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it also comes as a wood fiber wool. So it's a kind of brown, fairly rigid, woolly kind of material. Um so those are the two main forms, really. And you got a, but it can be so used. it's an indoor Sorry. and an outdoor version of that. Yeah. So you, basically, everything can be used internally or externally. Um, with the 
with the supplier that we use with Unga, they vary the, the render systems that go on them. So externally, you've got a, a very vapor open system. Internally, they use a, a system which controls the vapor permeating through it. Right. Um, so, yeah, they, they really just vary the, 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 um, the coating that goes on them. And you've got um, some clay products there as well, so you kind of keep. Your yeah, again, clay. Time. I guess because of, because of my background, clay yeah. is. Um, I'd always looked for for a way of incorporating clay into modern building because it is such a great material. Um, Why is did, it? Why is it so good? It's very good acoustically. It absorbs sound really well. It's very good at absorbing excess humidity, so it's a, it's a good buffer, a good humidity buffer. Yeah. Um, it adds thermal mass in a in a um, in such a way that it will absorb fairly slowly. You know, it will absorb heat fairly slowly and release it fairly slowly. So it really helps with the dynamic of the building. Um, so, so it is a great material to use, and air quality is always good when you've got clay materials around. So that was one of the sort of original drivers of, of um, setting up this business. Um, so yeah, that's that's what clay is all about. So but, you've got um, clay in the form of these. Boards, which do people substitute, but normal plaster um, dry board for for using those clay boards instead. Sometimes it's because it's quite an expensive product. You wouldn't use it in place of plasterboard if it was just a render carrier that you were looking for. Right. Um, so normally we use it on ceilings or in partition walls. Um, it, you know, you wouldn't use it just everywhere if you if you just wanted to plaster it. But right. partition walls, particularly because it's very good acoustically, ceilings because it's good for thermal mass and again acoustics from floor to floor. Um, so yeah, that's that's the main reason there. So you might have one wall of that sort of as a feature if it's in a it's an intertenancy wall or something like that. Yeah, um, you would you tend to use it like in bathroom ceilings. You would use it in uh, you know any any kind of ceiling throughout the the ground floor of the building, uh, ideally in the first floor as well. And then particularly in walls between bedrooms and bathrooms, um, because uh, you know or between from bedroom to bedroom, so that you you know you obviously reduce any any sound transmission through. Um, what we tend to recommend is that people either line finish them so they've got a reasonably robust finish, or if they don't want to do that, you can actually just plasterboard and skim over the top of it. And you still get the benefits of the thermal mass uh, and the acoustic separation, but you just obviously don't get the uh, the moisture buffering from, uh, from it. But right. it's, a, it's a really useful material. We've used it in, in our own house. We've got about 20 tonnes of clay board in, in our own house. Right. Um, and that was to, to add thermal mass to our passive house. Um, but also for the acoustics, because it's all timber frame, and timber frames are notoriously rubbish at, <laughs> with their acoustics. The downside, um, that's not the downside, the, the, um, the only problem that we've experienced is that now all the sound just comes straight through the doors. <laughs> and that's so you, know, you know, probably notice it more. Well, you notice it coming through the doors because, of course, with a, with a ventilation system, you've got to have a 10 mil gap under the yeah, door, right. which obviously right. means that all the sound just comes straight into the door. Yeah, yeah. So we were, we were talking about uh, thermal mass and those clay boards uh, could be a good solution because I, I quite often get asked about how or is it even possible to retrofit thermal mass to a yeah, no, definitely, lightweight building? Definitely, it, it, it definitely is, yeah. Um, the other thing that we also supply, well, we, we supply it fairly sporadically, but when we supply it, we tend to supply quite a lot. So... Um, the, the manufacturers of the clay board also do one incorporating uh, PCM materials, so phase change materials, 
Um, I was going to ask you about them. So for for people that haven't heard of that before, can you explain? We might be going for another chemistry lesson here. What what is phase change material? So, yeah, phase change materials are uh, basic materials which at a specific temperature absorb an enormous amount of heat. And in doing so, they they basically prevent buildings from overheating. Um, So the one that we use is a a material called um, BASF Micronal. So BASF is the German manufacturer. Micronal is the is the bead, and it's basically a micro encapsulated wax bead that is designed to melt at either uh, normally twenty three or or twenty four degrees. Um, and as the wax melts, it's called the enthalpy of of uh, melting, and so the <laughs> the wax absorbs a huge amount of energy to turn it from a, a solid to a liquid, uh, and in doing so is obviously absorbing heat from your building. Uh, that prevents the building from overheating. And then in combination with just a, a simple MVHR system, you then purge ventilate overnight. So you just blow cold air through the building overnight to remove that heat back again, uh, back out again. Um, and so you can avoid the, the need for um, air conditioning. So the phase change material like that, does that, it really works? It really does, yeah. Um, the one that we use is, is mixed with a clay um, a clay sort of um, filler, as it were, uh, and, and then mix, and then poured into these boards. Um, they also do one actually, which is just uh, sounds not terribly eco, but in terms of its performance, it's very good. It's right. actually an aluminium. It's just a pure aluminium board because aluminium is, is probably one of the best conductors of heat. Um, and they they put the the micronal in the in the matrix of this aluminium board, and then you you put that up on your ceiling, and again that absorbs even more heat again. So you can you can really stop buildings with huge internal loads. You can really stop them from overheating. That is pretty amazing. I, um, but I've got a, a vision of of walls sort of um, starting to trickle down wax down. The walls. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Everyone, that's exactly that's a good question. Actually, everyone thinks that. No, they're, they're basically the bead. They are like a it's a wax bead with a, a with a some sort of hard coating. So it's like a tiny ball of of this wax, which has got a, a hard coating on the outside, so that when the uh, when the wax melts, it doesn't obviously dribble out of the yeah. uh, <laughs> dribble out of the wall. Yeah. So yeah. So you, it no, doesn't but, look any. You don't see anything. It doesn't actually. Uh, for all no, you, purposes, you wouldn't know. Exactly, you wouldn't know that it was there. So it, it, when the micronal actually looks like a sort of a milky, sort of a thin, creamy kind of um, uh, emulsion, basically, when you get it. Um, so the, the beads are absolutely tiny. Uh, I don't know the, the diameter of them, but the, you know, sort of fractions of a millimeter in yeah. diameter. Can you can you yeah. paint over face change material? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the boards that we've supplied so far, we've done a load into Somerset House in, in London and then also another um, a set of new flats in, in London. Um, and they've, in the flats, they actually gypsum skimmed them and then painted them. And yeah, you'd never know they were there. Wow. So it's all really about, it's about the heat transmission more yeah. than anything else. It's not so much about the breathability or, or anything else like that. It's, uh, it's just the uh, heat transmission, heat and, absorption. And what about cost? Uh, they aren't a cheap material. That's that's for sure. They currently work out at about sixty-ish um, pounds, sixty sixty-five pounds a square meter. Um, so it's it's you know it's cheaper in the long term than installing air conditioning, but it's you know it's a lot more expensive than um, you know sticking a sheet of plasterboard up there. Right. So, um, but that's the important comparison. You're not just comparing it with plasterboard. 
Exactly. You've also got to um, account for your your heating and ventilation, your cooling. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the cool. It's the long term cost of it. Uh, oh, sorry, the long term benefit of it that that um, uh, negates the cost because obviously it's it's there for as long as the building's there. Yeah. Uh, it works continuously. It doesn't sort of. It doesn't have a lifespan as such. Um, and um, yeah. So you know, over the period of you know years or tens of years, you you actually save an enormous amount of money on cooling. Now you're in the UK. And it's mm. it's cold over there, particularly right now. Is yeah, is, it is quite chilly. Is overheating in buildings a, a problem? Not at this time of the year, definitely not. <laughs> um, no, but it, I, I I genuinely think that it is in the. I guess less so in the summer because you, um, unless it's really hot, unless it is continuously above twenty five degrees. But it, you know, sort of um, April and May time, or certainly April time and maybe September October time, when the sun is still pretty strong, but it's low enough to come into your windows. Yep. Um, it's quite easy to heat the house up, and you know we've got a lot of mass. So I've thought about incorporating mass into it, um, and you know, and there's a lot of passive houses being built with you know mineral wool and, and a lot of lightweight materials and i i genuinely would be very concerned that they would spend a significant amount of time above 25 degrees um right. and it it does get uncomfortable at that sort of temperature yeah yeah so, yeah. yeah no i i i well i mean there've been plenty of examples of passive houses overheating and and low energy houses in general overheating um, so, you know, I, I genuinely think that uh, we need to inc- incorporate more mass into them. One way of doing that are, is materials like clay ball, but the other way is, is using the wood fibre because wood fibre um, stores an enormous amount of heat before it allows heat to travel through it. So it's got, a, it's got one of the longest decrement delays of, of any material that you can, any insulation material that you can use in construction. Um, so it, it will keep heat out of a building for for longer than pretty much anything else. Is that right? So, it, yeah. Yeah, because um, that, that's interesting because people, we often, particularly with timber frame buildings, timber is the weak point because it's the thermal bridge in, in your framing. But you're saying that the, the timber fiber boards are actually a, a good form of insulation. Yeah, so they're, they're very good insulant. Um, I mean, the, the walls, the, the wood fiber wall has a conductivity of 0.038, which is sort of the mid-range for the, for the mineral walls. Um, the boards are a bit higher, but um, as with everything in life, uh, there is more than one property of the material that, that is beneficial. So if, you, if you're going to buy a car, you wouldn't just look at the fastest car on the road be, uh, as being the best because... There's a million other properties that you think, well, can I get the shopping in the back? Yeah. Does it break down every five minutes? Does it go around corners? Can I use it down a country lane? Is it good on a motorway? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a million other things. But everyone just looks at insulation and thinks, right, you know, what's, what's the conductivity? Yeah. How, how good an insulation material is it? And that's the only thing they consider. But if you, if you open up your perspective, if you look at how good it is at absorbing sound, how good it is at absorbing heat and how, how quickly heat trans, um, travels through it, um, how good it is at transporting moisture, then you you get a, a you know a much broader picture of of what insulation materials are beneficial mm. and, and which mm. you know or, or which are better and, and which are which are more useful. Yeah. Um, 
And so with the wood fibre, the, the high-density boards tend to be on the outside because they, they need to be on the outside so you can render them. Um, the benefit of that is that um, in the winter, you've got the, the, the higher performance insulation on the inside, so the wood fibre wool is on the inside, it keeps you warm. In the summer, with the high-density boards on the outside, they absorb most of the day's heat before it is allowed to start transferring to the interior of the building. Yeah, so right. you've got a delay of about 17 and a half hours on a wall, um, or sorry, on a roof structure, for example, looking at those recently, um, 17 and a half hour delay in, in heat entering the building on a roof structure that if it was built from mineral wall would only take between five and a half and six hours. Right. So, yeah, there's a, you know, when you look at the building physics involved in it, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there is, um, you know, there's, there's genuinely beneficial reasons why you would look at other materials which are more expensive than just the cheapest, highest performance insulation. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. I've heard people say similar things about uh, sheep's wool as well. Uh, yeah, that, that yeah. has a very you compare two products that have very similar R value or, or U value, but yeah, there are other yeah. properties that aren't described by that just one number. Exactly, and and if you and that again is is part of the ethos of of the business is trying to create buildings which. Um, keep themselves at a steady, comfortable temperature and, and create a steady, comfortable environment without having to use air conditioning or without having to use heating all the time or, or you know, all the other systems that have to uh, kick in to, to maintain a steady environment. Yep. So if you, if you use the right materials, uh, you save yourself the initial cost of buying all the other systems and then the on cost of, uh, of trying to maintain the, the stability of the environment inside the building. Yeah. Someone embarking on their own journey, whether it's a retrofit, uh, a, a remodel of an existing house or, or creating a new house from scratch, what would be mm. your top three tips for someone in that situation? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, don't always go for the cheapest. Um, spend the money on the fabric of the building. Uh, and then, I mean, if, if you were doing it, this is a self-build, I'd say, yeah, spend the money on the fabric of the building, uh, save up for, you know, the, the pretty finishing bits and the flashy gizmos afterwards, but just spend the money on the fabric. That would be the first thing. Um, and by that, you the mean the, thing. The, the structure of the head, like the... Yeah, the, the, the fabric of the building. So the, the, the structure, the structural element is one thing. I mean, the structure obviously is... is um, an important part of it, but that that obviously needs to carry everything else. But in terms of the actual fabric of the building, you know, don't always go for the cheapest because the cheapest yep. will generally lead you to a route which is the least comfortable. Um, so um, yeah, spend time looking at materials uh, and try and create as a, a thermally massive building which is well insulated. Um, and, and that you know, spend the money there. Don't just you know buy the cheapest insulation possible and throw it in the wall and hope that it all works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be the first thing. Um, uh, get, a, get a really good condensation risk analysis of, uh, of, your, of your structures, especially when you're retrofitting, would be the second, and, uh, and try and make everything breathable. Try not to use impervious materials where, where at all possible, uh, especially uh, well above ground. Below ground, you can use you know, essentially what you want, but above ground, try and use materials which uh, allow the trans transportation of moisture. Because that, that in itself has a, a, a big longevity 
benefit because if you can avoid the um, sort of accumulation of moisture at any point in your fabric, that will basically mean that you'll have a, a building which will last an awful lot longer. So walls that will breathe and not have uh, impermeable building wraps and yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and in doing so, you tend to make a, a more simple structure as well. Breathability uh, and breathable materials are inherently simple. Right. Um, if you if you have impervious materials, you inevitably have to incorporate ventilation, and that uh -huh. is where you lose a lot of your heat. Right. Right. And you mentioned uh, a, a, a condensation risk analysis. Who would do yeah. that? Um, I mean, people like us would do it, but um, yeah, who, you know, normally the suppliers of insulation materials will do it because a lot of people, especially retrofitting, um, a lot of people, there's a, there's a lot of suppliers who will just supply a system um, without the thought uh, or without the assessment of what the risk of mould growth and things like that would be uh, in the yeah. structure that you're creating, and especially with retrofit, there are systems out there which are just creating mould everywhere. And if you're living in a building which has not got great ventilation, you're relying on, you know, trickle vents or something in your windows to ventilate it. Um, and your insulation system, your new lovely insulation system that you've spent a small fortune on, uh, all it is doing, all right, it's keeping you warm, but it's also creating a lovely environment for a load of mould to grow. Yeah you're creating an environment where you're probably going to end up with some sort of horrific respiratory disease like pneumonia or something. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's uh, well, there's that. And then also things like timber and stuff in your walls is, is uh, susceptible as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah just, just simple things like that. It, it, they cost next to nothing, and most suppliers will supply them for nothing. Um, but it will show you if there's a risk of, of forming mould or, or, uh, or condensation. So, so putting your money in the fabric first, not not necessarily getting just the cheapest products. Absolutely, about... that's it's just just completely critical. Everyone wants the the bling. They want the you know the flashy windows and the big solar panels and the I don't know all the other eco nice bling kitchen. that goes in buildings. Yeah, nice kitchen. Everyone wants a nice kitchen. To be fair, I mean I'm no different to anyone yeah. else. But um, it's just it's a complete folly to build a really poor performing building and then clad it with fancy gizmos which yeah. make it look like an eco, eco yeah. building it's just pointless utterly pointless anything else for a uh, recommendation um come to us no sorry <laughs> we'll, we'll come uh, to that no, I, <laughs> <laughs> um i guess arm yourself with as much information as possible yeah. um, speak to as many different people as possible yeah uh take obviously form your own opinion but do speak to lots of different people and people from all all sides of the fence as well from the, yeah, the yeah. big synthetic material manufacturers down to the you know the, the hippies living out in the trees you know everyone's got a different opinion and they're all valid um and you just have to to choose your own path and uh, uh and stick stick with it that's uh, that's great advice. I, I think um, a lot of people where they fall down is after they've done that research is, is not sticking to their, uh, not necessarily sticking to their guns, but keeping that self-confidence that they have done the work and, and that they yeah. they do know what they want and then and then following through with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, a lot of the time, the, the sort of the, the facts and figures will speak for themselves. So if you do get a yeah. conversation risk analysis done on your construction, you know that will show whether it's going to work or not and if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't and you know that before you built it so yeah, yeah. you know it's it's yeah it's not too difficult now you mentioned that uh, people 
maybe could come and talk to you. To Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. That seems like a very reasonable thing to do. Where where can people find you? Uh, obviously, well, the, the easiest way to contact us, obviously, is through the website um, and uh, an email, things like that. Um, we go to shows like EcoBuild. We'll be at EcoBuild next year in London. Uh, we tend to be fairly regional, I guess, in, in the smaller events that we do. Uh, and our, our, our focus is really the southwest UK. But, um, I mean, if we've got, you know, customers over, uh, overseas or whatever, I'm, I'm always happy to um, uh, to answer questions. So, or, you know, via phone or whatever, like we're doing now. So, and yeah, you're, you know, that's, that's... you're very accessible online. So, for, what's your webpage for people that want to have a look? So, the website is uh, www.backtoearth.co.uk. Uh, email is chris at backtoearth. My Twitter handle is at backtoearthsw. Um, so, yeah, any, any of those mediums, really. And you're also, you've got a, some great videos as well. Um, <laughs> your, well, no, you do. Yes. And because I think um, <clears throat> it's, it's kind of surprising that, that more uh, product suppliers and builders and, and anything related to, to property don't, don't have more videos. But um, the, yours are a great to, way to see some of the products that we've been talking about. Um, so you can kind of see the size and the, the feel of them. Yeah, I, I can't take much responsibility for that. That's all down to the guys that advise me on my website. But um, <laughs> yeah, I guess if it, if it had been down to me, I probably wouldn't have done any. <laughs> oh well, they're... I'm not. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, anyway, yeah. No, it, they, you're right. They are they're great for for customers, and it's it's good for us to be able to say, you know, for for projects that we aren't able to visit because I try and visit most projects. Certainly, anything that's within about an hour and a half or two hours of of where we're based, I, I try and make sure we visit. Yeah. Um, but when we can't, then I can always just say, look, you know, look at video number, whatever it is, yeah. go through it, make sure you understand it, and then, you know, give us a call if you need to. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do try and focus on, on people making sure they, they contact us if they don't know what they're doing because it's, it's easy to, to just purely merchant these materials and say, you know, there's the materials, they're at a good price, buy them, you know, get on with it. Um, the problem with that is that um, if you don't know how to use them, you use them once and you think, that's a load of rubbish. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm never going to use it again. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit short-termist to think like that. So we try and make sure we hold uh, customers' hands as, as much as possible so that they you know, they, they have a, a good outcome and they want to use it again. There's a big education component in there as well as... Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're simple materials to use, but as with anything, but if you different. don't know how to use it... Yeah, they're different. They are different, um, and the the um, you know the detailing is a bit different. The, de- yeah. the detail is is pretty thorough in terms of uh, the external render systems, that kind of thing. All the beading and everything is, is made to be thorough, so that there are no issues with it once it's installed. But um, obviously, you've got to know what that is and and uh, and make sure you install it. You know, when you when you're working with it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Which well, is difficult um, to do. Appreciate you've uh, given time out on your Sunday today, Chris. Really appreciate that. Um, away from your family, so close to Christmas as well. Thank uh, you no very much for your time. <laughs> That's okay. And um, I look forward to uh, seeing you again. Yeah, and I hope people, if people do want to find out more, they can. I'll put all those links uh, on the the show notes for this episode, so people can uh, follow you, tweet. Um, That's great. Your website, Thank you. Or even email you. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Chris Brookman from Back to Earth 
com. Uh, sorry, backtoearth.co.uk is his website. I will put the links to his website and also he is pretty active on Twitter and he's also got a Pinterest page and, and Facebook as well. So I'll put all those links in the show notes, which you can find at homestylegreen.com slash 96. And uh, ch- check it all out. And I'll put some notes up on the on the page as well, including Chris's uh, top three recommendations there. I thought that was a fascinating interview, and I really like the idea that things like clay, materials, as Chris puts it, are simple ones are often the best, and things like clay, it's centuries old. We've been building houses out of clay for since we've been building houses, really. But the materials that uh, Chris is importing and, and providing into the marketplace are they're modern materials and they look great as well. So have a look at some of the images and the videos as well on his website, including, um, of course, those phase change materials, which are they're, they're definitely modern. They're, that's pretty space age stuff, but very, very cool. And probably, I think, going to be more and more applicable as people put more glazing on their houses and overheating becomes a bigger issue. Uh, that wraps up today's show. Thanks once again to Nadora. Make sure you head on over to energyefficientbuilding.co.nz and check them out. Also, head on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash homestylegreen. be great if you could like the page over there. And also, a small favor, really love it. If you have enjoyed the show and you like listening in, then a great way to not miss another episode and to be automatically down for it to be downloaded into your iTunes or into your MP3 player is to subscribe, which you can do directly from either iTunes or you can subscribe in Stitcher Radio as well. And I'd love it if you are over in iTunes then to leave a, a quick review or a, or a rating as well. Really helps, uh, helps me out and helps more people benefit from this great content. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm Matthew Cutler-Welsh, and this has been episode 96 of Homestyle Green. Talk to you again next week. In the meantime, go make a better place to live. <laughs>